Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host. Hold on a second. Let's rephrase that. I am your host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode 80. So let's get right into it. I'm taking that out. I'm not saying I'm your HIV positive host anymore. <laughs> it's going to be in 79 other episodes or somewhere around there. I didn't say it from the beginning. But I'm making some changes to my social media and claiming that I have HIV is going to be long gone. Don't worry, I will still be here with my podcast. I'll still be on Instagram. If you're part of my Instagram family, um, the one that was for advocacy, that one is now private. And I'm being very selective about who can go into it. So if you were already in there and you're not causing me any grief, you'll just stay in. Um, and I'll just add people as they look real. If they don't look real, then I don't know that I'll add them in. I still have my close friends on my Instagram, which is always a hoot. And um, I'm just changing everything. So if you're on my Instagram, and, and the reason for this is because this is affecting my private life. And I'm I'm over it. <laughs> Stigma one. I'm just over it. I want to be anonymous when it comes to my advocacy. And I can still do all of my advocacy basically under a different name. And so um, basically my HIV advocacy Instagram is under Lee now, L-E-I-G-H. It's Posley, P-O-Z-L-E-I-G-H. Lee is my middle name. So it doesn't feel really foreign or anything. And I really do like my, my middle name. Um, so I'm changing everything, including my YouTube channel. That's under Lee now. And um, I'm going through and doing all the Google um, searches and trying to get those either deleted. Well, I'm trying to delete them, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, which is not easy. Um, Google really makes you prove that the link doesn't work anymore. So one of the things is my website. That's already gone and been unpublished. I don't want my website anymore. Um, and you can thank <laughs> my last uh, date, the firefighter, for all of this, basically. Um, really, truly, that is where this is all stemming from. But it's a good change for me. And I'm. it's like everything happens for a reason. And it's, um, it's the process, I guess, I just needed to go through to take my real name out of um, the advocacy part of it. And it's still totally possible to do it. People will still find my YouTube videos. Um, I just don't want my name, Jennifer Vaughn, searchable. And everything that comes up says HIV because it terrifies people. It terrifies any man that is considering dating me. And I, I don't want that information there for them to find. I want it to be my private health information that I can choose to share when I feel like it, if I feel like it. Um, so I even talked to my doctor about this and I told her about the firefighter and I, I said that he had asked me why I didn't share this on my first date. And she literally almost spit her coffee out and said, well, why would you? I mean, she gets it. This doesn't have anything to do with the person I'm dating. Nothing other than they have a fear that they don't understand, you know, anything about HIV at this time and what the medication does. So they're just going to go with their stigma that they it's it's almost impossible to change somebody's mind for the most part. Some people can be persuaded by the information that's out there, but basically everyone just thinks there's still this possibility and they can't get it through their skull that it's not possible. 
And I get that too. I understand those three letters are scary. And I've stood here for seven years trying to help people understand that better. And I still will continue to do that. But my private life is my private life. And I'm tired of this interfering in it. So um, yeah, I'm going by Lee, um, pause Lee. I've uh, changed it on my TikTok as well. Like I said, my, my website's gone. I don't want it anymore. And um, it's a little bit hard with some of these things like Facebook. I'm verified on there, so I can't change my name on there. But my Facebook is literally just, you know, regular stuff. I don't have anything about HIV on there. But it's keeping my old bio on the Google search for my Facebook, which annoys me because it says ADAP, many things about ADAP because I'm like, you know, part of the ADAP family, the AIDS Drug Assistance Program family. And so I had had that in my bio, but I changed all of it. And the search is not picking it up. It's just showing Jennifer Vaughn, Facebook, and it's showing my bio and it's including all of the HIV stuff that I had, which is really frustrating. It is very hard to get Google search to delete things that you want them to delete. I've been going for three days now trying to get them to delete things. And um, most of them are getting denied. I've had luck with about three or four, which feels like, you know, a little bit of a triumph. So I'm glad about those, but I'm still working like every article that's been written with my name, you know, the body.com or thought catalog, WebMD, like all of those, I'm having to reach out to those companies and say, can you delete those articles, please? Because they come up with a search for my name and I want to be anonymous at this point. And I'm like, I'm still waiting for those people to delete those things. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I just don't want to be searched because after this whole thing with this quote unquote, um, Tom, I found that with been verified, I could take his first name and his phone number and find out his last name super easily. So that's, um, what I think just happened to me, um, with regards to a new person that I went out with this week. And I will get into that in a while. Let's go over some corrections. Um, let's see, Jeff Antchuk from high school still has not accepted me as a friend on Facebook. Whatever, Jeff. Um, I said belt buckle several several times when I, was, when I was explaining like kissing Tom and that I was grabbing his belt buckle and pulling him towards me. I meant belt loops. I re-listened to the episode and I'm like, I said belt buckle like twice. I meant loops. You know, on the side, the loops. I was, I was pulling him closer with those. Um, he, I meant to mention that he was in a punk band not only just reggae, he was in a punk band too. I did tell you that he liked Metallica, which I thought was interesting. Um, the word that he didn't know wasn't stigma. I messed up. It was the word stigmatized. That was the one that he had to look up because somebody wrote to me and said, how does he not know what the word stigma is? But truly, how does he not know what the word stigmatized me means? Like, it's not <laughs> much of a stretch to like add a little bit of a suffix on there and understand what the word meant, but he, he had to look it up regardless. Um, I never said whether he had hair or not. He does have hair. Um, it's just very short salt and pepper hair. Um, and he was not going bald. Um, a thought that came into my head after is that he, and this is, there's a lot of this on TikTok talking about medium, ugly men and how <laughs> they get you to fall for them. And then they're the ones doing the dumping. So that is literally what happened. Um, like he convinced me, I wasn't even into him. You guys know the whole story. I'm going to go into some comments about what some people had written to me. There was a lot of comments about this last, in this last uh, video and podcast. And it's weird. Some of the comments that people made initially are gone. I don't know if some people go in and then feel bad after they wrote them and then deleted them. 
Louise Adams, you're one of them. I was going to like comment on what you said, but your comment's gone and I didn't delete it. And there's somebody else who, and Louise has followed me for a long time from Ireland. And I'll just, I'm just going to address this one right away. She was, um, they liked her and her boyfriend liked the episode, but they felt, um, shocked when I said that he was into the white sports, meaning surfing and snowboarding and, um, skateboarding, not so much. Um, and they felt offended by that. And I just knew somebody would find something to pick at me about with regards to that. And I, you have to know that I don't mean anything racist by that. If you guys knew me well, you would know I don't mean anything racist by it. It is what it is. If you surf, you know what I'm talking about. There is There are no black guys out there surfing. Maybe every once in a while, you'll see one. And I'm not kidding. I have surfed enough to know and to be able to make that statement with 100% confidence and know that I'm not being a racist or anything. That's just what it is. It, it looks like a white sport. I'm not saying it can't be for everybody, but like it literally looks like that. And it's the same when you go uh, snowboarding or skiing or whatever. It's like, it's generally white people. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what it should be or that, you know, we own the sport or anything like that. I d definitely didn't mean it like that, but it literally, that is what you see. Like, I, I, I mean, if you go, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that people don't know. So I just wanted to address that. And I'm sorry if I offended you. There was absolutely nothing. Um, I didn't mean to offend anybody. In fact, I was trying to be so careful not to offend anybody because I knew I was talking about an African-American man. And I did want to make that, you know, part of the story because it was a race that I'd never dated. So I felt like it was important for me to share that. And those sports actually made me feel closer to him. So that was why I felt like it was important to share that part is that he was connected to a sport that I feel comfortable with. And I actually said in the podcast that I admired him for trying those sports and being affiliated with them when maybe he doesn't feel super comfortable because he's like the only black guy out there. I mean, I found that admirable. So anyways, that's how I feel about it. Um, yeah, there were other comments too. And I, um, I don't know what happened to them. It's so frustrating. Like I'll see that YouTube will sometimes put them in an area where I have to accept them. And I saw one that I had read three quarters of the way through and I thought it was a great comment and I was going to write back to them. And then when I clicked the check mark, I never saw it again. I don't know where it went. And um, it's frustrating. But I do have some people who want to give me their unsolicited advice because they're worried about me and dating. Uh, let me just remind everybody, I am a 52-year-old woman and I am a good judge of character and I don't think I'm doing anything dangerous. But like, again, I don't know who's writing to me. So, you know, don't worry. I have a mom. I have two daughters and um, people are very well aware of where I am. They have, you know, the location on my phone. I talk to people the whole way while I'm driving somewhere. Um, he is a firefighter. I cannot imagine that a firefighter was going to murder me that night. That would be crazy. What would be the point? Like, there's no point at all. The guy has been doing that job for 20 years. He wasn't going to kill me. Like he's <laughs> like the odds of somebody killing somebody. I know it can happen, but it is very, very uncommon. But People want to think that it's super common. And, I, you know, I'm totally into tr true crime and I'm very aware of risk and danger. And I just I don't think that I did anything that was crazy at all. Um, let's see. OK. Um, <laughs> um, OK, I'm going to I'm going to end up forgetting this if I don't do it now. Oh, oh, no, no, I will get to it. OK, so Tom just showed up on my Tinder yesterday. 
And what I found very interesting, and he had a lot more pictures. He was, I found him on Bumble. That's where we met through Bumble. He wasn't on Tinder. So his Tinder account looks pretty new because it's, it just showed up the other day, yesterday. Um, and I, I swiped through Tinder quite a bit. Um, and I hadn't seen it until yesterday. He says that he's ENM on there. And for those who date and know, that means ethically non-monogamous. Typically, that is somebody who is in a relationship with somebody and they are seeking more partners and the other partner is fine with it. So it could be a wife, could be a girlfriend. They might both be doing that, but they're really open and free and they're ethically non-monogamous. And it's what everybody likes to say now. I it's like a, I don't know, it seems to be very common on these dating sites. Now I'm seeing E-N-M more often now than I ever had. And um, it's not my thing. It's not my jam. I don't want to be with yo's man. Sorry, I am not into that at all. Um, I could, you know, I can have short term fun with somebody, but I don't want to worry about potentially having feelings for somebody. And I don't want to be like somebody's um, I don't want to be somebody's, I don't know, game or their little trophy for the night and then tell their girlfriend or wife about it. Like, I don't, I'm not into that. Sorry. So not my thing. But anyways, his Tinder now says that he is ethically non-monogamous. So let me just tell you that that conversation never came up while we were talking ever. And it was not on his Bumble profile. So he either has had a change of heart and has decided that, and it could also mean that you want to date several women at once. It could mean that as well. Um, I don't know what it means because he never ever talked to me about it. So he either has a girlfriend. I don't think he has a wife because like I said, I had found his online information about his divorce that it had happened in 2018. So like, I don't think he's crazy and got married again right away. Um, but he might be in a relationship and, or he just wants to date several girls. I don't know what it meant. Um, have not heard a word from him and, um, which is completely fine with me. Um, somebody had written to me, this is the one that's very concerned. Oh, this is, I know. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's pretty long. It's just a lady telling me that, um, she's concerned about me getting love sick too fast and saying something about the fact that I've, I'm an, I'm a love addict. <laughs> and you know, if you are getting a high from this activity, then that's probably what's going on here. Maybe do a quick Google search of the signs and symptoms, or there's this old Lifetime movie from 2008 called Love Sick, Secrets of a Sex Addict. Okay, I am not lovesick for one thing. Um, I have had plenty of fun with boys that didn't lead to any feelings at all. I met him going into it, not looking for a relationship. He is the one that made me think about everything differently. He said things like, I'm not going anywhere. I think what you're doing with your advocacy is amazing. He kept asking me question after question after question. Like he was, he was the one coming on to me. I was not the one chasing him. So I feel like I got love bombed for sure. And it confused me. And all of a sudden I got super interested. And I felt that the way I was, you know, 
I don't know that I was chasing him, but the way that I was reacting to how he had treated me, which was all green lights, was a normal reaction for not having feelings like that since being with my boyfriend who turned into my husband in 2015. Haven't had that reciprocal, super excited about somebody since 2015. So for this person to say that I'm lovesick and I get like, I go overboard, like I really, really don't. I mean, I, I'm really aware of what's happening with men and when I go out with them. I don't think I'm a sex addict. I think I'm just having sex when I can. I mean, there could be people who are married that have sex every night. So are they sex addicts? I don't have somebody here every night. So when I can make it happen, usually it's about once a week and it's my, at the moment, it's my situationship. Um, then yeah, I'm going to go for it. But I don't, my God, and really, what is a sex addict? Addict Like what's wrong if somebody wanted to have sex every day? Who cares? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like these labels. And I, I was a little offended by it. I know she's trying to be nice, but, um, and Louise Adams, I do see your message here. I actually copied and pasted it, but I don't feel like going through all of it because it's pretty long. Um, and I think I kind of covered how I felt about it and you guys were really nice. You liked everything that I've been doing in advocacy. You had a lot of nice things to say. Um, but I didn't want you to feel, um, bad about the white sports thing. I mean, I guess I could have worded that differently or said that differently, but, um, I didn't mean to offend anybody. So yeah, I don't think I'm a sex addict. Oh, Benny, what's going on? My daughter, Ryan listens to my, my podcast now. Hi, Ryan. She says it helps her go to sleep. I talked about that before, but now she says all the time she goes, Oh, record another one. I love listening to them. I'm like, it's so nice. And of course my brother, Brian listens and, um, always has great comments and messages. Um, okay. Moving on. Uh, I wanted to see if I needed to read that. I really did. I, I, okay. Oh, I wanted to read this. This made me feel so good. Um, so someone wrote to me because I've been talking about in my Instagram that I'm changing everything, you know, from Jennifer Vaughn to Lee or pause Lee or whatever. And I mean, some people took it maybe as that they, I was going to disappear, but that's not it. But anyways, this is kind of like in response to that. So this person, I won't give her name, but she said, you are truly an amazing woman. I'm not doing this to beat my own horn or toot my own horn. There's a part that I get to in here, which is like, oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So listen, I'm so thankful I found your TikTok when I did. Your videos have helped me through so much. When I found out my, I was positive in 2020, I felt like my life was over. You came up on one of my lives and I asked so many questions. You actually told me how to get my meds for free. I saved one of your U equals U videos and sent it to a guy after our first date to help him get a better understanding. That guy is now my fiance. <laughs> that just, woo, that made me feel amazing. She said, I used your profile to help get educated. How crazy is that? Or help him get educa educated. Uh, you helped me love myself again and realize there's no so much more to life. You have been such an inspiration to me and I'm grateful that I found your social media. So I just wanted to th say thank you to this girl and she knows who she is. And I'm just thrilled to know that my stuff does stuff like that. I mean, wow, that's just incredible. It is. And that's the reason why I won't stop um, 
doing advocacy. I just don't want it to be associated with Jennifer Vaughn. Um, so you yeah, like people can still, my videos, like my main bigger videos will still be circulated on YouTube because they always are. And people can just comment right there under the video if they have a question and you know, I'll look and see if it's, there's just so much repetition on there as far as like people with their symptoms and just go test. Like, I mean, I, I just, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time they're not positive. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm handling YouTube at this point. And, uh, uh, let's get into the uh, grammar Nazi corner. And then I will tell you about two dates. Actually, I can kind of tell you about my situationship a little bit more too. Um, Matt, you little you, Matt, today it's not about me telling you guys what you guys are saying wrong. It's about Matt telling me what I'm saying is wrong. And I was like, Matt, I don't know what I looked up on Google and I gave it back to him and I said, nice try. And then I looked up, I guess what he looked up and it turns out, I guess he's right. But the thing is, this is the word. I said the word irregardless. And I don't feel like I use that word. I even asked my kids, I said, do I say irregardless? The word should just be regardless. And I, I feel like I do say regardless, but maybe I, I don't even know where in the podcast I use the word irregardless, but he told me that that was um, very poor grammar. No, he didn't say that, but he did. He pointed it out. He's had a bunch of nice things to say, but it says for that word, regardless is an adverb meaning despite everything. It often, it's often used as a transition word at the start of a sentence to change the topic. Irregardless is sometimes used instead of regardless. However, most dictionaries don't consider irregardless a real word and it should be avoided <laughs> at all costs in formal or academic writing. Again, I don't feel like I used it, but I'm going to take Matt's word for it. I may have slipped it in there, but I swear I don't feel like it's a word um, I really use. So I'm not offended that you heard that and you wanted to call me out because it's not part of my regular vernacular. How do you like that word? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, let's get into the dates. So I've already talked about a friend of mine, an old time friend of mine who had me over to his place um, this was back in, I want to say like October, where I really felt like he was coming on to me. He's somebody that I've had a past with, but we haven't been physical with each other since like 2014. I don't know what I referred to him as in my other podcast. I still don't want to say his first name. I know he'll never listen to this because he doesn't do any social media at all. But I saw him after, he's the one that I saw when I was feeling really bad that one day, just the one day, it was only one day that Tom... Uh, kind of ghosted me that day and I felt all of my do dopamine or endorphins or whatever just come crashing down and I felt like shit and I did cry and I'm not going to feel bad for crying. It's okay that I cried. I mean, I felt bad. I know plenty of dudes who are on um, dating sites, including the one that I saw the night who helped me talk about this, who have total crashes and they feel like crap too and they get ghosted and it and my brother also and I'm sorry but we're human it feels like shit when somebody shows an interest and then out of nowhere they're just gone like it really it really does hurt and it's it's cruel like be adult and explain or say a little even make up a good excuse just make up something so you the person that's getting ghosted doesn't feel like it's them you know I mean I've done that plenty of times I've made some other excuse so they wouldn't feel like it was about them you know I gotta take a sip of my my uh my bubbly here. Hold on. I was super thirsty. 
Oh, super thirsty. There's no bubbles in it anymore. That's why I could chug it like that. Anyways. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, cause somebody said like, they can't believe that I cried. It's like, why are you crying? Why are you shaming me for crying? Jesus. Like I, I like never cry. Like I really barely ever cry, but I felt like I needed to that day because I don't know if you know, you know, you get that weight on you when you feel really weighted from, from feeling bad about something. And sometimes what makes you feel better is crying and it does alleviate a lot of that weight. And then you can feel a little bit lighter with each time that you cry. So I cried in my car when I talked to my mom, I cried when I saw my friend at the restaurant and that was it. And I, and it did help. And by the next day I felt a lot better with time. Everything goes away. It doesn't matter. It didn't take long for me to get over that. But anyway, so that friend, um, hit me up and wanted me to come over to his place. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I don't want to go through all of it. It was essentially the same dinner that we'd had before. It's like me watching him cook in his kitchen and I'm sitting there and he's pouring me Cosmos. And I only had one this time. I really was like, no, 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 no. He had me bring a bottle of wine. We didn't even open it. Um, but I would say in general, it got to that point again, sitting on the couch, you know, he brings the drinks over there he's checking the lighting for, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. He's making a nice ambiance, but we're friends. You know, I don't want anything more from him. And I, on paper, I don't know. He's perfect on paper. Like he's handsome. He's like a smidge taller than me. He's in good shape. He's smart. He makes good money. He doesn't care about my HIV status. He clearly, I think would want something with me if I would go forward with it. Um, he cooks, he's got no kids. He's never been married. Uh, he likes animals. He loves cats. He's, um, you know, he's, he, he's like, what? I can't say anything bad about him, but for whatever reason, I don't feel physically attracted in that way anymore. I, the, the flame is gone and I just, he's just my friend. I just want him to be my friend. And I, but for some reason he still I think puts me in a place where he feels that we could be physical. And I just, I just don't feel it. Um, so I'm just double checking and making sure this is recording. Oh God, I was checking the wrong thing. I, every once in a while I get like freaked out going, God, is this recording? And then I'm like, one time I did this and it deleted the whole thing. And I, I was like, Oh my God, I had to re-record an entire podcast. It was like so exhausting going over all the same things again and trying to have the same energy. I just, I could barely do it. Um, so anyways, he had me over and like the same thing happened. We sat on the couch. I sat with my feet straight ahead of me. Of course, uh, we don't wear shoes in his place. So I just had socks on and they were like on the coffee table right in front of me, straight in front of me. He is sitting to my left and he's got his feet inching towards mine. So he's sitting diagonal and I feel the whole time that there's just this, you know, he's trying to sit closer and closer. And I'm like thinking, are you really like, it's like, you're like my brother. Like what, what is happening? I don't, I, I don't get it. Not only that, he is going through a major depression from this breakup. And I'm like, I don't want to be your rebound. Like, I don't want that. And I don't want any of it anyways. I want you to be my friend. Like, that's it. Almost like, like a gay friend, like a gay guy, you know, like that's how I see him kind of. Isn't this cute? This is a little Amy Winehouse. It's my daughter's. I just have it on my little shelf here and I'm, she had fallen over. Sorry, Amy, I wanted to fix you. So anyways, at the end of the night, I just, I kept saying I needed to go at 10 o'clock. I say, I need to go. He goes, 10 more minutes. And then he goes downstairs and comes back up with a Duraflame log and lights it. I'm like, oh my God, are you freaking kidding me? 
So I'm like, stop with all of the romantic ambiance. It's awkward. So I finally say at like 11 o'clock, I'm, you know, I need to go. And I go downstairs. And when I go to give him a hug goodbye at the door, I had one hand. This is so mean to even have to explain this. I would really feel bad if you heard this, but I know he won't. I had one hand on the door jam and one arm around his neck. And he was hugging me with both arms around my lower body. And he held on to me a little longer than normal and was telling me how great it is that I came over. Thank you so much for being there. I'm sorry for being such a drag because I'm depressed or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, it's okay. And oh, he also said I should just sleep on his couch that night because he said that's where he's been sleeping for the last two weeks since his girlfriend moved out. They had just talked that day and he said it was really hard. He was feeling very sad about it. And I was like, you should go see her. Like, I'm like, go, go back to her. I think you guys should, you know, she doesn't have kids, never married. They had a lot of the same goals. They want to live in Europe. And I'm like, just go figure it out with her. Like, make it work. I think that's the best plan, honestly. So I squoked out of there and I um, I went home. So then the next night, um, I had a Tinder date and I knew I had a Tinder date coming. It was for Thursday night. It was with this guy named, am I going to give his real name? Yeah, I am. I'm going to give his real name. Uh, he went by Henry on Tinder and he goes by John in his real life. So I guess his, that's Henry's his middle name. So we meet in Capitola for a drink. I'm going to not go through all the details, but, um, you know, he looked good looking online. Like he's my taste. Like he's got a little facial hair. He says he's a six one. He looked fit. He looked even a little like, uh, edgy with a beanie on in one picture. Kind of looked like he was scowling into the camera with his mustache. You know, I was like, Ooh, I kind of like that. You look a little rough, you know, like not rough, you know what I mean? But like not a little wimp, you know, like he looked a little tough. So we meet in person. We sit at this, um, bar restaurant bar, um, Suda in Capitola and I had one glass of wine and he had one drink and we nursed them for two hours and by two by the time two hours was over I had not realized it but the entire restaurant restaurant and bar behind me had cleared out there was nobody there I was like I didn't even know it. we were like having good conversation it was good um, I would say in general and I don't care about whether he hears this or not um, I didn't really like uh, how much he talked. I thought and at times he didn't give me a chance to talk much. And so I felt like when I did talk, I felt like I was stumbling on my words because I was afraid he was going to cut me off. So there was that. Um, I don't know that I liked his voice a hundred percent. Other than that, everything else was fine. I thought he was handsome and, um, but I didn't know how he felt about me. That's for sure. Um, I did just have Botox done on my face and I had filler put in my upper lip and I tried to cover that up with as much concealer as I could because I have a bruise above my upper lip a little bit. Um, I don't know if you saw any of that. I have a bruise on the corner of my left eye. I tried to cover all that up. I'm just saying, just, just in case those things played into any of this. So we leave and I say, well, give me a hug goodbye. Or no, I didn't say give me a hug. He walked me in our car, my car and I said, I'll, I'll give you a hug goodbye. So I give him a hug and I'll tell you. And I gave him, when I gave him a hug, hello, I was really relieved that he felt tall. It felt nice. Not tall, but my height. Like I'm hugging this man with a nice flat stomach and chest and it just felt nice. He felt solid and like strong. I just was like, oh, that feels nice. And he's my height because everybody's freaking short or not in great shape. So I was 
immediately pleased with that. And every time I looked at him when we were talking, he had green eyes. I liked his smile. I liked his face. I liked his hair. I liked his facial hair. I liked what he was wearing. Um, the conversation, like I said, was really easy. I mean, but again, I feel like he talked a little more like, you know me, I can talk like I'm a talker. And I felt like I maybe talked 65% of the time, 70, let's go 70. And I got, I got in, he got 70%. I got 30%. I will, that's what it felt like. Maybe it wasn't, but that's what it felt like. I didn't tell any story about anything. I don't think, um, just filling in details about things here and there, but it was mostly like, I felt like I listened to him a lot, but that's okay. That could be just like, you know, first date nervousness. And that's what I was going to chalk it up to. So I leave and I you know, leave a message for my girlfriend, Kira. And I said, I don't know. I liked him. It was fun. Like I kind of was very, you know, middle of the road, but I would see him again. I definitely could see myself kissing him. That was, that's important for me. And so I leave her that message. So I get home and I haven't heard from him yet, which is fine. It's only like 20 minutes later. And I'm thinking, I want him to know that I would see him again. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to send him a message. So I send him a message. It's probably like 1030 or something. And I say, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I had a fun time and I hope to see you again. Something like that. I don't know. And then I put the upside down smiley face and he writes back right away. Laugh out loud. I was just trying to come up with something witty to text you. Um, I had fun with you too. And then he wrote, which I thought was really sweet. I love the way he said this. When do I get to see you again? I was like, Oh, I love that. So I said, I don't know. When are you available? And he said, he wrote back and he said, um, what is today? Saturday late afternoon to evening. <laughs> I'm not on that date right now and I'll get to that. Um, or Monday and Tuesday. So I said, I'm available Saturday. Let's do that. And he said, great. He goes, I'll look into what's going on in the area and then I'll get back to you tomorrow, which was yesterday, Friday. Um, I said, and then I, I, and then he said, sweet dreams. And I had already gone to bed and I just thought, um, I'm just gonna like, let that sit and I'll, I'll like it in the morning and write to him in the morning because it was already like 1130. So I did that at like seven in the morning. I woke up and I liked his comment. No, I hearted it because he, I think he'd hearted one of mine also prior to us actually meeting in person because um, he had called me. He called me. He totally threw me off. He called me like a half an hour before we were going to meet. And I was like, oh, hey. And he sounded really nervous. And he said, well, I just didn't want it to be awkward when we met. I didn't know if you, maybe you might think my voice sounds kind of weird. And I just wanted to give you like the um, upper hand if you wanted to like, you know, basically cancel, I think is what he was saying. And I was so caught off guard by that. I said, no, you sound fine. But honestly, I was more hesitant to go on the date when he called me. It made me feel like, oh God, what am I getting into? He sounded nervous and ugh, I don't know that I liked his voice. He is from Missouri. He's got, I feel like most of his accent's gone, but it probably is a smidge there still. Um, but yeah, it was like, I don't know. And just the fact that he was calling, he was worried about awkwardness. I was like, don't just be a man and go on the date. Like who, like, yeah, it's awkward. We all know it's awkward, but I don't want to call ahead of time and like, like we're, you know, teenagers and we need to like, you know, make sure the other one's going to be okay or like, give me a chance to back out. And then I said to him, I said, I'm still coming. I said, but if you're concerned, I said, I don't know, just unmatch me or something, just rip it off like a bandaid. And he said, no, I feel it. Um, or I'm feeling it or something like that. I'm definitely showing up. And he did, he was, he was on time. So, um, anyways, the next morning, like I said, I hearted that comment. And then I said, I can look for something to do too. And I put a smiley face, just the colon and the parentheses. 
didn't do the emoji. And sometimes I think it's better when you don't do the emojis. Um, so anyways, I didn't get a response to that. Nothing. So I, I was like, okay, well, maybe he's busy at work and I'll hear from him this afternoon. As the day gone, went on, I didn't hear anything from him. So, and mind you, I have spent most of my, um, oh God, I have a DMV story. I just thought of that. Um, I have spent most of my day that day trying to change things on the internet and delete things from the search for Jennifer Vaughn. And I'm going to get it done. It's going to be, I'm going to be anonymous. I will get there, but there's still a lot to work on. And it's still very, very evident that I am associated, Jennifer Vaughn's associated with HIV. So, and he did say, by the way, um, he talked to me about a woman that he'd met. He said that he had dated this I don't know why men have to tell you this, but this he said this beautiful Brazilian woman. I don't think that when you're on a date with a woman, you need to let that woman know that the woman that you dated was beautiful. I don't, it's like, that's just irrelevant. I don't, it, if anything, it just makes me feel like annoyed. Like, why did you just tell me that? Whatever. But he said that she was basically crazy. And he said that she was a family practice, um, uh, counselor. And so he said, he told me that night that he had looked her up to confirm that she was, um, I was just thinking about my bruises. I don't know if you could see them on YouTube. There was one right there and there's one right there. Do you guys see it? See the one on my lip? I don't know if you can see it. I don't see it when I'm looking at myself in the camera. Anyways, he said that she, uh, he looked her up on the internet and did find that she was what she said she was. So then I'm thinking when I went home, I'm like, he looks up women on the internet. I don't know that guys do that in general. So he has my phone number. He has my first name. That's all he has. And by yesterday afternoon, when I had not heard anything from him, and then I get a message from, by the way, the night of the date, I got a message from my situationship. And I said that I, um, he asked, what are you doing right now? And I said, or what are you doing tonight? What are you doing later? And I said, I actually have dinner plans what about tomorrow night? Meaning Friday night. Today is Saturday as I record right now. And he said, I might be in Sacramento. And I just didn't respond to that because he's not always that, always that good at responding. And I just let it go. Plus I was on a date. So I didn't say, or I was on my way out to a date. So when I got home, no, no, no. So <laughs> not when I got home. So yesterday around five, uh, my situationship wrote to me again, because I never answered anything when he said I might be in Sacramento. And he said, I'm going to be home in a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I haven't heard from this person all day. He's supposed to check in with me, but maybe he forgot that he said that he would check in with me today. Maybe he's just, um, he just, you know, sometimes we write things and don't, we forget that we actually meant something and we just, you know, it, it escapes our mind or whatever. So I thought maybe he just forgot. So I'm like thinking, okay, well, he'll check in tomorrow. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to my situationships place. And because in my mind, I needed my power because I felt like I was sort of losing my power with this guy because I hadn't heard from him, but I didn't want to write to him and nag him and say, you know, are we still on? You know, is, uh, you know, I haven't heard from you. So I didn't say anything to him. And I went to my situationships um, house last night and spent the night. Gosh, we slept till nine 30. I cannot believe it. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say it's so comfortable when I go over there with him. Now, this was my, I keep, I have kept track of every single date cause I'm a freak like that. It was my 15th time over there. No, 14th, 14th. 
Um, and like when I get there, I just, I hadn't talked to him in a week. Like this is how it is. We don't talk at all through text. We don't like have conversations or anything. It's just, hey, you want to come over? And so when I get there, I sat down next to him and usually I wait for him to make the first move on me. But today, yesterday, I just sat down next to him and I leaned over right away and I said, hi, how are you? And I gave him a kiss and then he just pulled me into him like he really wanted to keep kissing. And and then that was the end of that. We just kept holding hands after that. We were sitting there watching TV. We're all wrapped up like pretzels and he's kissing me on the side of my head, like on your temple. I mean, what girl doesn't love that? He does that all the time. He kisses me all over the place. He's so, so affectionate. He sleeps like an anaconda wrapped around me. I don't, I don't know if I've talked about this before. I mean, we always have sex. We do. And, um, no, he does not know about my status and no, he doesn't need to know. And no, I probably won't tell him because I don't ever plan on him being a boyfriend. He's 40. Like I said, we don't do anything outside of just me spending the night. And when we do, it's, it's, I guess it is what it is. We both enjoy it and I'm not falling in love with him, but it's interesting that when I'm with him, I feel like how he is around me physically is like someone who's in love with somebody. It's always been very interesting in that way, but we don't like, again, we don't talk outside of like our dates at his place. So that was what it was like last night. And I always do an edible and I do like five milligrams before I get there, then it starts to kick in and then I'll eat a little bit more of my gummy. And then by the time I go to bed, I'll eat the whole thing, the rest of it. And so like by that time, like I mean, I woke up after I'd been sleeping for a little while and I was just so spinny and floaty and oh my God, it felt amazing. He's all wrapped up behind me with his arms around me. I'm on my left side and we're holding hands. Our fingers are all intertwined. His legs are all wrapped around me. He's always making the, um, he's always, I don't know. He just makes the, the, the M sound, you know, mm, mm, like he's always doing that. Like everything I do, every time I move or we readjust, He's always, he'll wake up a little bit and then kiss me all over my shoulders or whatever. I mean, I'm kind of giving a lot of like <laughs> crazy detail here, but he is so sweet. He really is. And I think I've talked about on here that he's definitely got a dad bod. It's probably the, I've never been with somebody that's this out of shape and he's a little shorter than me, but you know what? I'll take it over an asshole with a great body who thinks that they can get everybody. And I know that my situationship isn't dating anybody. And, um, he just, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I would say in, in general, I'm not concerned about it. Um, I've kind of asked him about it several times and I, I, don't, I, I don't think even when I, I mean, when I look at him, I don't think he's bringing in a bunch of girls, you know? So, but it's made me, and I've shared his photo on, um, on Instagram and people are like, I would much rather have the dad bod and, you know, he's, he's got a really cute face and he's a great kisser. Like they said, if great kissing is something that's so hard to find, plus just somebody who treats you well is so hard to find. And many people said they have boyfriends or husbands who aren't in great shape, but they treat them like queens. And they said that means so much more to them than the really buff, flat stomach dudes that you know, you're just like another one in line and they know that they, that their possibilities are endless. So they're never going to treat you well. They're, they've got one foot out the door all the time or they're, you know, they're cheating on you. So there's something nice about that with him. I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just nice. It's comfortable, super comfortable at this point. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, I've, I'm happy with it, but I guess I keep dating because I know like he in general, isn't my, my future. Like, I don't think he's going to be a future for me. So I guess I keep seeking other dates because 
maybe I do want somebody in my future. But again, that's not even that easy because I have an ex-husband who's around a lot and it's just so much easier that neither of us have anybody in our lives that are coming in and complicating things when we do things as a family. It's really just super nice that he doesn't have anybody and I don't have anybody and the kids have both their parents there and there's no complications. It's just super simple. So I don't know. Parts of me want to have somebody, but at the same time, that person would have to be very understanding and know that they could never be involved in those family things. They just couldn't. And I wouldn't want my ex-husband to even know about them, really, because I just don't want anything in his face. I don't. So anyways, I get home at about nine, just after 930 this morning after I left his place and um, no message from from uh, John from Thursday night. We're supposed to meet this afternoon. So I write to him about 1030 and I say, hey, are we still on for later? And um, well, it's 740 at the moment. He never wrote to me, never responded. And I said, I finally wrote to him. I couldn't wait about and just the fact that he had never said a thing before, like the whole day before and never even commented on me saying I can look also. I'm going to put that into the equation as to why I responded with only two hours. Like I, I guess I could have waited several hours to say something to him. Like, I guess that's a no. I just waited two. You know, I know a lot of people would say, oh, he could be busy. And I did partially think like maybe he's surfing because he does, well, he does st stand up paddleboard, but I thought he could be in the water. I mean, it's possible. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but with not hearing anything the day before, and um, knowing that he did search that one woman up and um, two hours going by without him saying anything. But here's the thing. He hasn't unmatched me on Tinder. I wrote to him and I said, I guess that would be a no. And I said, I'm not sure what happened. The least you could have done or, you know, you could have been considerate and explained or given, given me a heads up would have been nice. That's what I said. I tried not to be too accusatory. I didn't use the word you. I just said, you know, it would have been nice. And then I just did the shrug emoji. Um, that was two hours after the fact at 1230. Uh, he never responded to that. And um, I just think it's super, like, cowardice. Like, it's it's mean to... He was the one who asked, when could I see you again? He was the one who wanted to make plans. And then he literally said not another word to me. So if it has to do with finding my my HIV status, why don't you just ask me a question about it? Like you literally could have asked me a question about it if that's what it was. Or if you're dating somebody else and it's working out better with them, apologize to me for making plans with me and a date that you never followed up on. I mean, it is, and he's the one who told me that he thought Tinder was a dumpster fire. Like he agreed. I said something about that and he agreed. Like we were commiserating about that, about how bad Tinder is. And he's one of them making it bad, like literally. And I'm sure in his head, he probably thinks, oh my God, I hook up with this chick that, or I met went on a date with a chick with HIV. She's probably like, like he probably sees me as the dumpster fire. I, I mean, I'm sure he does, which is so sad. Um, and again, another reason why I don't want my status out there. So um, anyways, yeah, I, he never said a word and I just find that to be really lame. And the only thing um, that I can say that I also have noticed is that he's been 19 miles away from me all day. And he, he doesn't live 19 miles away from me. He lives about 11 miles away from me. So he's further away and I don't know where he is. So he could have met a woman that he just, 
you know, everything went, went really well with, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I may still hear something from him. He may apologize. He may never say anything to me again. And it is what it is. I guess I just wanted a say in it, or I wanted it to be on my terms, but because if he found my status, he didn't give me a chance at all to even explain anything. He just assumed and left. Or, um, if it's another woman, I mean, at least give me some of an idea of why you wasted my time. I mean, it's just rude. I, w I can't even imagine making a date with somebody and that's the just the end of it. I'm just not going to even respond to her. I won't even respond. I know I made a date with her for Saturday in the late afternoon to the evening, but I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna respond. Even though we talked about the fact that Tinder is a dumpster fire. I mean, he's literally proving that he's the reason why it is. So it's really sad, but that happened. And um, now I'm sitting here in my closet talking about it. And uh, I was going to say, I meant to say that in the beginning of my podcast, that welcome my to my podcast, which is literally my therapy session, because literally I do feel much better after I do one of these and just it's vomitous of the mouth. Isn't that what it's called? I was trying to remember it the other time on a different podcast. But yeah, it's like, I just feel like I have to get it all out. And then I feel better. And I have so many amazing people that leave me comments or, um, you know, that are my close friend's story. And basically, everybody just says that the, the ghosting thing is absolute bullshit. It's cruel. And, you know, a lot of people just say men suck in general. And I hate to say that, you know, I don't want to feel that that's what it is. Um, but I like, I just can't beat this stigma. If this is what it is, I'm just over it. I'm over it, like controlling, you know, my life and what I want to do. It's just, it's super unfair. The stigma isn't my fault. And, you know, if there had never been stigma, no one would have a problem with me saying, I have some virus I take a pill for and you can't get it. I mean, like no one would have a problem, but this stigma is like so strong I can't change it and it affects my private life. I know people have said, why, um, why do you, why are you afraid to talk about your HIV status to like potential boyfriends when you talk about it all over the internet? You're totally public with it. It should be like so easy. No, it's completely different when you're talking about it to somebody who might want to be physical with you. Um, and, you know, intimate with you. It's a, those are two totally different things. And, um, my doctor said, you know, she's seen it both ways. She says, I've seen people tell people before they've ever met them. I've seen people tell people on a first date. And I've also seen people who have told people way down the line. And she goes, and in every situation I have seen that it has blown up in their faces. She goes, there is no right way to tell somebody that you're HIV positive. And again, it's just so ridiculous that we even have to say HIV positive because again, when I'm tested for it, I come up as somebody who doesn't have HIV. It cannot find it in my body because it's so hidden in those CD4 cells and it's not coming out. It's been sitting in there for, in those cells for seven years, not doing anything, not hurting me and would never hurt anybody else. But I understand that people, that, that still scares them because they think, oh, it's going to happen this one time. I'm going to be the one who's going to get it. So I get that. I get the fear and there's nothing I can do about it. I cannot, I mean, people have their thoughts and those thoughts are so strong that there's not really any convincing that I can do with videos or proof on the internet, even talking to a doctor, 
you know, all of that explaining past boyfriends who were exposed to me before I even knew I had it, that didn't get it. And helping them understand that when you're undetectable, you can't give it to anybody. It's like, I, I get why they can't get it. It's frustrating to me. Um, but I'm, I'm tired of it, um, affecting my, my private life. So yeah, so that's where I'm at with all of that. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, let you guys know it's uh, well I'll keep you updated as um you know time goes on if I hear from these people again I doubt that I will um I'm talking to somebody else um who's about my age and they're handsome but they're of course they're five eight um but you know what do you, I don't know the height thing isn't always that big of a deal when you're five eleven though it is kind of annoying but I mean if they're nice then who knows? I just, I don't know. I'm always willing to try because you just never, ever know. Somebody could turn out to be really amazing. But in the meantime, I'm keeping my situationship and, um, and I'm going to just enjoy him while, while I, while that's happening, you know? And I, I, I really would feel bad, honestly, not seeing him. I don't even know what I would say to him. Cause I, he basically told me last night that he's not seeing anybody. And I thought, God, here I am going on dates and he has no idea. Like, what if I just told him one day that I was not available anymore? I don't know. It would, I feel like it would hurt him. So, but the other hand, on the other hand, I don't want to have a conversation with him about what it is that we're doing because I don't want it to turn into anything more. What we are doing works really well for me that it's just this thing where we get together like once a week and we're really affectionate and we're, you know we're sexual and we sleep together and it just fulfills something for me and obviously him. And, and that's all we need. We don't, you know, he never says to me like, Hey, do you want to do something outside of my place? Or, Hey, you want to ever be more than just this? Like we just don't discuss it at all. Um, but when we are together, we are, it's like, we're totally boyfriend and girlfriend. It's really interesting but I'm not bothered by it. Like I'm not bothered at all. Like I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Like I'm not wishing there was more, I guess. I'm afraid to even ask what's happening because I definitely don't want him to think that I want more because I don't think I do. I think I like, just like it the way it is. So, so that's it. That's it for this week. I'm going to wrap this up a little bit sooner. No, I'm almost at an hour. I did good. I did good. Tomorrow's Easter. I hope you all um, enjoy your Easter with your families and your Easter bunnies and your Jesuses and all that good stuff. And um, I will be back um, in a week. I have to go back to work on Monday. I'm not ready. I've had this whole week off. Oh, my DMV story. Oh, let me tell you that really quick. I had to go to the DMV. The DMV in Watsonville blows big time. They're awful. They're awful. They get off on telling you that you didn't bring the right documentation. You're going to have to go home and get that before they'll like go to the next step. I swear to God, they love that. So there's this lady at the desk when you come through and she kind of gives you a number. You have to tell her what you're there for, whether you have an appointment or not. Then she like will send you off on your way with a number or go into the next line or whatever. So she's kind of the, she's the gatekeeper. She loves her power and she's real loud when she talks to everybody because she wants the whole DMV to hear that she's got the power. I, I can't stand these kind of women. You know the type. I'm not going to even explain what she looks like, but you know the type. So she, I, I get my number, whatever. I tell her why I'm there. And I, I basically had everything I needed. It was just Joey needed to sign her pink slip on one part of it. But the fees were already paid for her car. It was, you know, smogged, registered. 
Um, I just needed to get the tags. They wouldn't give me the tags until Joey had signed on this part of the pink slip. So I was just bringing that back to show them. So it was a no brainer. It would take literally two seconds to look over what I brought and give me the tags. And when she sends me off with my number, she goes, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I have like, why did you even, why'd you even say that? Like, I have everything I need you bitch. Like she has no idea what we've done to get these cars smogged and registered. I'm not even going to go through all of it, but both my girls bought used cars and let's just say they both had issues and it cost a lot of money to fix Joey's and get it smogged. I cannot believe the thing smogged. It was like white smoke came out for like 20 minutes straight and the guy told me that it passed and I literally almost said, pull your pants down. I'm giving you a blowjob right now. Like I could not believe that it passed. So, um, and it's just her car's broken down several times. It's been a freaking nightmare. Both cars I bought them from were not from the people that had signed the pink slip, if that makes sense. It's almost like there was a middleman. So the cars were owned by somebody else on both pink slips, not the people I was buying it from like on both cars. And it was confusing. And we drove all the way to Merced for one of these cars, which is like two hours away. The guy that sold it to us, it wasn't his name on the pink slip. It was somebody that he knew. <laughs> I just want to make sure these cars weren't stolen. They were not. But anyways, so she says, good luck. And so I'm like, whatever. And so I just sit down. I'm just like waiting for my number to be called. I'm watching it go up the line. It's, you know, four away. It's five away. Or No, it's four away. It's three away. It's going higher and higher. And the one that says now serving is not my number. Mine's the next one, right? All of a sudden, my number drops down to position number five. I'm like, what? And so, and oh, God forbid that you go up to the lady at the table. She is busy bringing people in. She's got a lot of intake. And she, if you come up to her, I can just see her putting her arms straight out with her hand. I'm doing it on YouTube. With her hand flat, she would do the speak to the hand absolutely 100%. She's busy. Do not interrupt her. Like, I can just see that. So I waited for the precise moment because I'm sitting there waiting for my number to go back up and it's barely it's not moving like it's it's stuck at position five and not only that it's in possession position five and six like my number was double so like that was weird too I thought something's not right so she gets up to go peek her head out the door to get more people to come in so she could start helping them and I cut her off at the pass and I said my number wasn't called and it's all of a sudden gone down to position number nine or five. And it was, it was almost, a, it was almost ready to be called. And you know what she said? You know what she said? She goes, that's because they called it and you didn't go to the window. I said, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching the numbers the whole time. They never called my number. And she said, uh, well, whatever. And so she goes back to her desk and she looks at something and she goes, oh, that's because that window went on lunch. She goes, let me give you a new number. I'm like, uh, I had already been there 45 minutes. Literally, all they had to do was look at my paperwork and hand me the tags. And now she's putting me at the bottom of the line again. I said, you know what? Just keep it. I will go to Capitola. I said, this place is a joke. And then I walked outside like a freaking lunatic. I walked past the line of people that were lined up outside and I said, this place is a fucking joke. And then I walked to my car like a crazy person. It felt good though. Yeah. And then I had to write about it on um, Facebook too, that Watsonville DMV is the worst. And I swear to God, this lady, when people come in, she's like, okay, what are you here for? And then I heard her say to these, these two people that came in, she goes, okay, you need that paperwork and that one. She goes, please put everything else away. You don't need those. Please put, like, put them away. Like, fuck you. Like, what is that? Why do they have to put them away? Like, she's, 
she was just bossy. And people come in there and everybody is nervous. Like that place is so nerve wracking. I went into the Capitola one knowing that I had everything I needed and my heart was still racing because I feel like once I get up to the window, they're going to find something wrong with something that I forgot or we signed something wrong. Like, and then they tell me, the guy tells me the first, when we did go to Capitola uh, DMV the day before I had this incident at the Watsonville DMV. And he tells me, so when you buy a used car, you need to make sure that on the bill of sale and that he's going through all this, you know, car sell selling like information as if I buy cars from people every day. I do not know like half of that shit. I was like, dude, there's not a class in buying used cars. So it's not a surprise that we mess the shit up when we go and buy a used car from somebody. I know, I guess I could have researched all of that on the internet internet prior to buying the car, but the people in the DMV like act like we should know this stuff. We don't. We're, we, we try to, it's just like doing our taxes. We don't, we don't look at this stuff every day. So it's not a surprise that we mess up on most of the stuff that they're looking for. Like my mom wanted to get a, a California ID and they said she had to show proof of her divorce from my stepfather prior to my stepdad, Ron, who she's been married to for over 30 years because she had a name change. And she goes, but I'm married. Like, isn't, my marriage certificate or my driver's license since I've had this last name for 35 years enough? And they said, no, they said, you have to show proof of the divorce (laughs) that she had when I was 11 in order to get a California ID. I'm like, my mom told them off in in Sacramento. She was so pissed. She's like, you know, I think she has proof of her marriage to my stepdad. And she was feeling like that was obviously should be proof enough. A new marriage, obviously there was divorce, right? But they said no. And that is what happened to a woman that had walked in and I saw her get the same treatment that you've had a name change, ma'am. You need to get proof of your divorce. And she's like, you know, the lady was there trying to get her ID. She was probably in her seventies. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. So now she's got to go home and I don't know, dig through everything. Like who even keeps that shit when you're over and over a marriage and you get divorced? Like you don't really want to keep that paperwork. I mean, I have it, but I don't know if everybody keeps that stuff, especially if it's from like, you know, years and years and years ago, who knows? But anyways, I just, these people at the DMV love to tell you that you don't have the correct documentation, that you need to leave and you can come back after you get the right documentation. And even when I went to the Capitola DMV with the correct documentation, she looked that shit over front and back a million times. I know it's her ass and she's got to be careful, but it's like, she's almost annoyed that she couldn't find something wrong with it. And she had to hand me the tags. That's how I felt. There was nothing friendly about her either. And that was at a, that was at the Capitola DMV. Anyways, I hate the DMV. I hate how they make you feel so nervous. It's like getting in line at the airport and having to go through airport security. I don't know what it is with these government agencies making everybody so freaking nervous. I hate it. And I don't want to be nervous. Bugs me that I am. Anyways, you guys have a good week. Happy Easter. Jesus loves you. Talk to you later. Bye guys. Love you. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks guys.